And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and praise. And thank you for being with me on this beautiful Tuesday. Well, I have something to talk to you about. I think it's very important on the preservation of the saints. And with me is Lucas today, and I'm so glad to have him with me. And Lord, thank you for your love, and thank you for your word, and thank you for your promises to you. Belongs all the glory. And God's people said, amen and amen. You know, this is a subject people question. Can a believer perish? Can one who is born again, if they fall into sin, can they perish? Hmm. That's something that scares people. Like when when people read Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10, I've talked to some of them that think, you know, well, you know, maybe God will cut me off. Yeah. Well, no. The Bible speaks about the preservation of the saints. If we are truly born again, if we are a child, if we are children of God. Now, apostasy is a different world. It's a different matter. But let's just talk about this divinely revealed truth that I think uh, establishes our hearts in the, in the grace of God. You know, the, the, the longer I live, the more I believe in predestination. Because we were chosen in him, Ephesians 1 says, before the foundation of the world. And when you read the Bible, there's just so much in there that sometimes we miss. For example, the Lord is praying in John 17, and and he says, I pray for for them, not the world. Hmm. Or he says to Paul the apostle about when he went to Corinth, I have much people in this city who were not even saved yet, but he, but he would say, I have them, they're here, they're in this city. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring balance to it because tomorrow I want to talk about the perseverance of the saints. A lot of people focus on the preservation of the saints, the security of the saints. But I think we're, we're still responsible to follow the Lord. And that is our perseverance, where we persevere in the faith. We contend for the faith. We have to do what God has called us all to do. But let's just look first at the preservation of the saints. Let's go to John 3. We're going to look at verse 15 and 16 to begin with. And Lucas is going to read for us. Let's go. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right, so the Father has given us Jesus, and we come to him, and he promises that he will not allow us to perish. I want to also add another verse here that I think is very important. So let's let's go together to John 5.13 for a minute. And uh, and then we're going to read also John 6.37 mm-hmm. and more. But let's let's look at John, uh, sorry, 1 John, 1 oh. John chapter 5. All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, and let's look at verse 13 here. And then we'll, we'll go back to the Gospel of John. All right, let's go, please. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, 
that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. All right, here's another promise that speaks clearly about the, that the fact that the saints are preserved, the security of the believer. Let's go to John 6 now, the Gospel of John. Back to John chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 37, first of all. Let's go. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So here the Lord is telling us clearly that he will never expel us. Uh, anyone who comes to him will not be cast out. And let's look at verse 39 also of the same chapter. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. So if the Father has given us to Jesus and we come to the Lord, and he promised us to never cast us out, that he will lose nothing, that the Lord will lose nothing that the Father gives him. And you and I should be lost eternally. Then what's the value of these promises? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm talking about the believer being lost. We're told in Philippians 1.6, let's go there. Now again, I'm, I'm going to bring balance to all this, so give me time, okay? So I'm just showing you the preservation of the saints. We commit our heart to the Lord. With all our hearts, we want to please him. With all our hearts, we want to follow him. But there's a weakness. Mm -hmm. As a result of our weakness, we fail. And sometimes that weakness can go on. It could be some kind of a bondage. Will we lose our salvation? Will we be cast out? Will we perish? We just saw scriptures very clearly that say no. He said, all that the Father gives me, I will not cast out. They'll come to me. And Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God will do his part, but I still believe we have to do our part. Amen. I'm going to talk about that a little more tomorrow. And this is why I want to continue talking about the perseverance, our part, as we persevere in the faith. But I don't want anyone to start thinking, well, you know, I have a problem in my, my body, my flesh, my mind. I have a problem with my carnal old life, whatever. Will I lose my salvation over this? L let me explain something first to you about uh, Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10. Whoa. Why was the book of Hebrews written in the first place? It was written to the Hebrews, Jewish believers, who lost everything when they got saved. 2,000 years ago, under Roman law, the Jews were protected as long as they were practicing Jews. Rome gave them permission to worship God as they desired. They were under no restrictions to worship the Lord. They paid high taxes, but were under no restriction to worship God. 
as they wanted in the temple and the synagogue. But anyone who was outside Judaism was looked upon by the Romans as a cult, as a sect. And they came under great persecution from both the Romans, uh, the Roman authorities and the Jewish leadership. That's why people in those days were afraid to be thrown out of the synagogue. Because the synagogue gave them protection. Mm. That people would hire them, they would get a job, they'd have a home to live in, they'd have food to eat. But if you were expelled from the, from the synagogue, you came under heavy persecution and nobody could help you. Nobody would, would hire you in those days anyways. Nobody would give you food or they, they, they would be punished. So the early believers lost everything. They not only were persecuted, they lost their families. Nobody could talk to them or help them, give them shelter or food or jobs. And, and some of them wanted to go back to Judaism to be taken care of, to at least have food and shelter. And the reason Hebrews was written, the book, to say, Jesus is better. Amen. And that's why it says, don't give up. God will take care of you. The entire message of Hebrews is, Jesus is better. Don't give up. That's why the beautiful chapter there, 11, about the champions of faith who had, to, who had to live in caves and didn't give up. And it says very clearly, it actually begins in, in, in Hebrews 2, that even the angels that disobeyed, look what happened to them. How much more will we, if we escape, uh, how should we escape if we neglect a great salvation given to us by the Lord himself? So that is apostasy there in, in, in Hebrews 6 and 10. It talks about if people walk away from the faith, if they sin willfully, has nothing to do with the weakness. Sinning willfully has to do with apostasy, knowing what you're doing and say no to Jesus. I don't want Jesus no more and so on. That's apostasy. Mm -hmm. That is where they cross the line. Yeah. That is where they lose the grace of God. They lose his mercy. They're cut off, like it says in Proverbs. So it's important to understand the difference be between sinning because there's a weakness in your life or sinning because you make a decision to leave the faith, to leave the faith. Uh, in, in the epistle of John, he talks about how if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then he says, but if we commit sin later on, then it's, it's of the devil, he that commits himself. But that is about practicing sin. That's about loving it. The, the believer hates his sin. The difference between believers and, as, and unbelievers is the believer hates his sin. So when we fail, we cry out, Lord, forgive me. We cry out for deliverance from it. The sinner loves it. The sinner isn't asking God to deliver him from the sin he loves. That's the difference, okay? So I'm talking about can a believer that loves Jesus, that wants to do right, be lost? Can they lose their salvation eternally? And the answer is clearly no in the, in the, in the Bible. Because our God is a, is, a, is a God of restoration. Remember that. Yes. So what he begins, he'll finish. But there is a danger sometimes if we neglect to do what God called us to do. And we'll talk about that later. So now Paul begins with, in this portion in, in Philippians 1, 
that he's confident. Read that again, please. Because he knows the heart of God. He says what? Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So will, will God fail to fulfill it? Is the answer no. No. That God will do it. Now, because how can we trust the Lord if he doesn't mean it? Yeah. See? Sure. That God be true and never, every man a liar, it says in Romans 3, 4. So God will not break his promise. If as a believer in the Lord Jesus, we perish because of failure, then our salvation is dependent on works. Mm-hmm. So I want to repeat that. We as believers in the Lord Jesus, we, give, we have given him a life totally surrendered to him. If we perish because of failure, then our salvation is dependent on our work, which contradicts the Bible completely. Mm-hmm. In Titus 3, verse 5, what does it say? This is very important because, listen, listen, I want to give you comfort. Remember what I said earlier, that that this gives you uh, this gives you strength in grace. It helps you to have comfort in the grace of God. Titus three verse five says, "Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy wow. Ghost." So, if my ultimate salvation is determined by my obedience and faithfulness, then I'm going to earn it. Mm -hmm. If my salvation and your salvation is dependent on your obedience and your faithfulness, then you've earned your your salvation. Mm -hmm. But here it says that he saved us, please, one, one, one more time. Not by works of righteousness. Not by works of righteousness. Which we have done. Which we've done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So salvation is not won by my and your endeavors. Mm -hmm. So not by works. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and verse 9. This is very important. I'm giving you all this because a lot of people are afraid we're going to lose our salvation and end up in hell. Calm down. All is well. As long as you know how to repent, all is well. As long as you want to work with God, all is well. As long as you want to follow the Lord, all is well. But there is a danger if we do not do another part of our duty, of our duty, which we'll talk about later. Okay, Ephesians 2. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's so, so, so powerful. Read that again, because it's such a powerful verse. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And? And that not of yourselves. Not of yourself. You did not find God, he found you. You did not find Jesus, he found you. And then? It is the gift of God. God's gift is that salvation. And? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If I did it, then I can boast, and you can boast. But no, it's by the grace of God. That's all it is. If my salvation is due to my obedience and to my work, then I will rob God of his glory. Mm -hmm. Quite simple. Yes. And to believe, to believe 
that you and I can lose everything is to say that we are simply on an extended probation. Mm-hmm. Say, it again. say that again. I'm going to say, say it again. <laughs> if we believe that we can lose everything, and we, we can end up in hell if we fail, that, then what we're saying is that we are on an extended probation, mm. that we can lose it like this tomorrow. Yeah. See? But we say with Paul, what do we say with Paul? All right, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 14. Uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Ah, that's it. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against so that God day. So God will keep our soul. We've committed our souls to him. So this is not a, an, an extended probation. This is salvation. Amen. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I cannot lose my salvation if my heart is after Jesus. If I'm willing and wanting to follow him and serve and love him. Again, let's look at at Hebrews 7.25. I'm talking to somebody who's been struggling with a sin. I know that. Or otherwise, I don't think the Lord would have led me to bring this teaching. Are you struggling with a bondage and sin? Listen, there is a way out. There is a way out. I want to mention that to you just before I'm done and continue tomorrow on this. It's very important. 2 Timothy 1.12, please. Oh, sorry. Hebrews 7, 20, 25. Yes, sir. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. To the uttermost. That come unto God by him. That come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So, what it's saying is that we are kept by the power of God. And if we can fall and we fall, we, then we are limiting his power and his office of, of intercessor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can lose everything, then his office as intercessor is limited. But read that again. He what, saves us to the uttermost. Mm-hmm, that so. come to him. Yes. One more time. Wherefore he oh, is. Oh, hallelujah. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Thank <laughs> you, Lord. Wow. Go ahead. Amen. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So we, there's no way. His grace is unlimited. His love is unlimited. His power is unlimited. His office of intercessor is unlimited because he intercedes forever. Yes. Now, let's go to First John. I'm giving you scriptures. I'm, I'm just giving you scriptures on, on everything I'm telling you right now. First John 2 and verse 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Uh, Father. Now, okay, so John says, okay, you may, you know, somebody may fall, but we still have an advocate with the Father. Now, don't sin, he says. But in case you do, in case you're you're too weak, we have an advocate, we have a lawyer Mm. that fights for us in heaven. Hallelujah. Read that again. That's so comforting. My little children, these things write I unto you. It's, it's, it's interesting that he calls us children. It is. 
you know, because we are God's children. Mm-hmm. He says, these things I say, and... My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. So don't sin, but if you do, we have a high priest. Yes. Let's, let's go to Romans 8, 33 and 34. Thank you, Lord. Don't you love this? These are the, the promises of God for us. Yes. Wow. Okay, what does it say? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yeah, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession now for watch us. What he, what's the question and watch the answer. He said, who is it that condemns? It is Jesus who died and rose again. He is at God's right hand making intercession for us. Mm-hmm. So the answer to condemnation is, hold it. Jesus died. <laughs> Jesus rose. Yes. Jesus ascended and intercedes. Meaning, no way. Yes. You cannot be defeated unless you decide to be defeated. Mm. No one will make hell by accident. Mm. No one will make heaven by accident. We make those decisions yes, every do. single day to deny the world, deny the flesh, and follow the Lord. Yes. So read that again. It's so, so beautiful. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yet rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now, let's begin to bring balance, and then tomorrow I'm going to continue. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 21. We're going to go right through 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. Okay? So we begin with 2 Corinthians 5 21, which we all know that says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Okay, now this is where people stop usually. Mm -hmm. But there were no chapters when the Bible was written, so let's keep going. Chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as we we, then, as workers together with him. We're going to put it together. Let's put it together. Okay, reread chapter 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Keep we th- we, we then... <laughs> we then means, okay, now I just gave you that he took upon him our sin. He gives us his righteousness. We then... As workers together with him... Ah, we work with him. Mm. He gives us his righteousness, but we have to work with him. Co-labor. Yeah, keep going. As workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace, grace of, God of God in, in vain. vain. Mm. This is where the danger is, when people take the grace of God in vain. Jude 1.4 says, don't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness mm-hmm. or lewdness or sin. Read that for me, Jude 1.4. For don't the- turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, Mm -hmm. into wickedness. Because people say, well, saved, always saved, so I can go enjoy my sin. No, no, you can't. No, that's not Christianity. Yes, That's not what the Bible says. 
Don't take the grace of God in vain. Jude 1, 4 says what? For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, yeah. ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, every precious truth in the Bible uh, well, let me say, say this. What, what I just said deepens our thanksgiving for the Lord, deepens our gratitude for the Lord, because we see His grace. But also, at the, at the same time, like every other truth in the Bible, the truth of our preservation can be twisted mm. by people. To their own dis destruction, the Bible says. So I just gave you the grace of God, but let's not use it. Let's not twist it and bring destruction to ourselves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna close with 2 Peter 3:16, and then we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna just talk to you quickly. 2 Peter 3:16, please. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. That's Paul he's talking about. Sir. In which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. And the word rest means to twist. Yes. So there are people today who say, well, I'm in the kingdom. I can't lose my salvation. That's not what I'm teaching. That's not what the Bible teaches. You are preserved as long as you persevere. And I'm going to teach on the perseverance of the saints tomorrow. Please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. Go ahead and share what I just taught on the preservation of the saints. We are preserved because Jesus said, whoever comes to me, the Father draws him. And whoever comes to me, I will not cast him out. If we believe, we will not perish. If we believe in him, in him, meaning touch, to trust him totally. You've heard me say there's a big difference between believing that and believing in. To believe that, well, even the devil believes that. But to believe in means you trust the Lord with your soul, with your life. So we, we, we are given that beautiful promises, beautiful promises that we cannot perish. But if we walk away, if we do not obey the Lord and follow him, there's great danger, great danger. So we do have a part. We have, uh, we're responsible before God that every day we have to deny the flesh and deny the world. So I'm going to continue on that tomorrow. Now, if I'm talking to somebody who's bound by sin, well, you need to repent. Repentance is a decision you make. What have you gotten out of your sin? Ruin. Darkness, bondage. That will lead to death eventually. Separation from God. The Bible says, He that hardens his heart and will not repent will be cut off without remedy. God will deal with us. And he takes his time in dealing with us. He is gentle and long-suffering. But we can't play games with him. 
I have known people that cross the line and are no, no longer in the faith because their, their heart loses the fire of God within it. They become hard in their own hearts and they go back into the world. That's why the, uh, Paul said, do not be conformed to this world because you can't be. So no turning back. The cross before us, the world behind us. No turning back. And that's the only way I know to deliverance. Get the word of God in you. Because the word of God is a, is a hammer that will break that bondage in pieces. It's a fire that will burn it out of your life and purify you. If you neglect the Bible, you will never be delivered from sin. You, you won't have the, the ability to find freedom. For the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But the word of God is in you as a hammer, as fire. Great peace have they that love your law, Lord. When the law of God is, is in you, you'll overcome. In the Psalms, it says, if you love the word of God, in Psalm 119, verse 1 and, and 2, you will do no iniquity. It's all in the Bible. Think about the, the God's word gives you power to live righteously. Thank you, Lord, for your word. To you be all the praise and all the glory. And now, Lord, touch your people. Bring them into freedom and liberty in Jesus' holy name. And keep them as the apple of the eye and hide them under the shadow of your wings. Amen and amen. Well, it's time to give to the Lord's work. Listen, we're, we're translating, by the way, uh, all my messages into different languages. It's really quite exciting what God is, has, has, has opened before us. We, uh, we're actually starting with about 12 languages, uh, our daily program. What I'm teaching now is going into Spanish, into French, into Portuguese, into Russian, into Arabic. Let's see, there's more languages now, up to 12 languages. It's really exciting. So as you help us, we can do more of them. We can go up to 31 languages, 31 languages. That's the limit right now with the social media, you know, things out there. So think about that we can do that with your help. So very, very soon, and I'm going to show you tomorrow a clip. I'm going to show you tomorrow a clip of, of me talking in different languages. But give to the Lord today. Be faithful to his work. Let's get this gospel around the world. I'm on my way to Kenya the next few days for a national crusade. So... Let's give to the Lord's work so he will bless you. You can, you can sow your seed on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. Much love to you. Bye-bye.